Hello. Hello. <laughs> so, uh-oh. I don't know what's happening. I think you're calling me on my on my watch too. Somehow. Oh, good. <laughs> oh no, I've a Donna. Do you really know what time it is? Yeah, breaking news. Someone's calling me on my watch and my phone from a number, and I'm going to read these numbers out to you because it's oh. it's not a lot. Uh, <laughs> one nine nine eight. That's where I'm getting a call from. One nine nine eight. Is that a? Is that like nine nine nine? Inside the watch. Yeah, it's calls coming. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Uh, anyway, I missed that call. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so hello. The way that we just did that, I so I don't know wh- where where that comes from, but I think of that as a kids in the hall bit, and I and I can't imagine that you think I, that that's a, also a kids in the hall I, bit. I I think. I think I'm doing a bit. It's one of those one of these things that it's like I'm I'm doing Merlin doing a bit that I don't know the bit, <laughs> right? But I'm that. just yeah. doing Merlin doing the bit. It's like it's like doing it's like you're not really doing Trump. You're doing um, what's his name? <laughs> Alec doing Baldwin Trump, doing right? Trump. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alec Baldwin. Exactly. Yeah. So so here. Bobby's for closers. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna send you I'm gonna send you a YouTube link that we can link to um, in the show notes, and it is. Uh, this is what I think of it is. It's a kids in the hall, a message from the queen of England to Canada. And, and it always starts with the, uh, and it's hello. <laughs> uh, so that, yeah, so, I, think, I think you're right. I think that might be what it is that I'm doing in, you know, in direct, a couple, a couple steps removed, which is hilarious because, uh, I, cause I, <laughs> you think? yeah, like, cause I don't know. Like, I know what it is, but, um, but it's cause I'm, I'm from the, I'm from Canada and, uh, and we, we have kids, kids in the hall. So, I don't know if it stands up, um, but it certainly when I was in high school and in college or university, as it's known in in Canada, it was one of my favorite shows. Like like it's it's kind of the Mister Show of 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 Canada, where it was just so so kind of out there. And it was what was what was awesome about it was that it was on CBC, and so so it already had like and CBC is the uh, Canadian. Broadcasting Corporation, which is, um, well, you know, a, a, a uh, I want, I'm going to say state run. I guess, I mean, technically it's state run. You know, it's uh, taxpayer funded, like PBS. It's the it's the Canadian version of the BBC. Let's yes. let's be yeah. clear. It's like you have the Queen on your money. You copy everything. We got a <laughs> instead of a BBC, we got a CBC. Exactly. And, uh, and 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 but they but there were there were swear words like like in Kids in the Hall, and so. Mm. So you you know you I, I've got all this um, south of the border influence and and by south of the border I don't mean um, the Mexican <laughs> restaurant uh, different it's no, border yeah different border different yeah. border uh, but there's there's all these uh, over the airwaves NBC and CBS and and ABC and Fox and, and there's definitely no swearing on those shows right like it's it, right. it would be it, it would be blasphemy but then CBC's got uh, got swear words and. And it was Kids in the Hall and, and a show that we've talked about, but not for a really long time, The Newsroom, not the not the HBO one, but the the CBC Newsroom. And there's swearing in that, too. And I, I just like I grew up with those two. Well, I mean, I was in my in my in my high school years, but I really liked those shows. And ki- so so Kids in the Hall, certainly there are so many like skits and sketches that I remember, but I'm also afraid to rewatch them because I I wonder if they're not not good anymore and I just want to preserve yeah yeah my yeah yeah memory you want to have your memory of them yeah yeah, yeah. and and that it, yeah. it would crush me if it was if I watched it and it's like oh this is this this is not near this is terrible this is not nearly as good as I thought it was 
Well, so the, the the similar equivalent for me was was Monty Python, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's not which is which is not an American show, um, but was also on PBS, right? And they didn't have cursing, but they occasionally would show boobs, right? Right? Like, right? Because it was apparently educational. Right. Um, it's British education. This is what British people think is funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what? What is happening? Yeah. Oh. It's, well, and and so which which by the way, sort I mean it depends on your your taste, of course. But Monty Python holds up, right? I mean, right. so but 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 that but it's but it but maybe it's maybe it's a different thing. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that was the, uh, exactly. I was gonna I was gonna ask you if you if you thought that it holds up because I I've recently watched a, a couple of things. Like there was a there was a PBS special, um, Monty Python live from the Policeman's Ball. I think it was. Or the policeman something. <laughs> Monty Python live from the, the police department might be a different thing. That's what um, that's what's popping up in my uh, – the secret policeman's ball. Um, yes. So, yeah. yes. And and so that was on – I've seen it recently on PBS, like still. Like it was on the, on the PBS uh, streaming app. It was there maybe four or five months ago and I watched it. And I remember watching that, like, a, you know, a bunch of – live sketches and there's celebrities almost like um, Monty Python live at uh, the Hollywood bowl, which is a different, not the Hollywood mm-hmm. ball, but the Hollywood bowl. Um, and, and those, those two like, you know, performance concerts, as opposed to the show and the movie, I think really, really held up um, the, the, and so anyway, that's been my, that's been my experience. I still haven't, I don't think my kids are, I don't know if they will enjoy the humor like of Monty Python yet. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not sure that they're ready for it yet. <laughs> yeah. For, well, but, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a different, it's a different world. Yeah. And so, you know, speaking of things holding up and I think this was maybe from the Hollywood bowl show, we'll, we'll link to it. So, and again, this is again to, to back to uh, Merlin and, and, and John, um, the, the wonderful, which they've, and they've often, I think sort of started doing this bit, which is the wonderful, uh, for Yorkshireman yes. sketch. Yes. <laughs> Which, which is, if you've not seen it, again, we'll link to it. You should definitely go see it. And if you have seen it, you should go watch it again because it's it's really quite a hilarious bit. Oh, it's good. It's good. And and I um, so we're we're still very much uh, after taking a pause for the last um, week and a half or two weeks and and just uh, fully uh, engorging our eyes on cable news. We are now back to what's uh, what's, what's on what's on cable news. Uh, well, something happened. There's a lot of. Um, there are a lot of uh, infomercials about uh, cubes, uh, inspirational cubes. Uh, there are lots of – there's a blanket, mm. Dawn, that I'm not sure if you're aware of. It's so heavy that a, a leaf blower won't blow it off your your lap, which huh. I don't – yeah, I don't know if you have a leaf blower that <laughs> shows up. That's a big in, problem I it, have yeah. when, I'm, when I'm wearing my blanket outdoors. Yeah. Leaf oh, blowers. Well, and, and what and, – and I guess what I'm interested in, Dawn, because this is the context of the commercial is – is it also a problem indoors? <laughs> because that's the part that's kind of, uh, I guess, surprising. And, and Danny and I, uh, after watching this, um, this leaf blower, uh, uh, this blanket uh, of being just assaulted by a leaf blower multiple times over the last uh, couple of weeks, Danny's like, I don't think it's very windy in our house. <laughs> or, not that windy. No, not that windy at all. Um, so yeah, I, there's been a lot of, I mean, just a lot of commercials that I've been watching and then in between the commercials um people are counting things and so that's mm. it that's uh that's it but but um uh um, you know the other thing that that i can uh, report is that i am we have now returned to 
Would I Lie to You? The oh, or, excellent. Yeah, one or two episodes a night uh, prior to going to bed, and um, and we're we're somewhere in uh, season six or seven now, re- in reverse chronological order. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's still, it's still a lovely show. Like, and, and if I know we've, we've now talked about this over the last five or six weeks, um, your recommendation and then, then my echo of that recommendation. And I just want to um, say, if you have not seen, would I lie to you, go check it out. And it is for the most part, very family friendly. Um, you know, there, there are, you know, crude, uh, um, uh, nuances every once in a while, but, but our, our kids are watching it as well. And they, they enjoy it, except they, not, I, maybe, 80% of the time they, they know what the, what the accents are and well, not mm-hmm. what they are, but the, what they're saying, um, what they're saying, they yes. can understand them. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and then there's, there's always lovely times where we have to stop, pause and then look up what a term is <laughs> to make exactly. sure that we know exactly. what it is. Like, uh, like there was one the other night where they talked about, um, one of the guys, uh, apparently his lie was, um, that he had shared a hot tub with the eggheads, and, and Danny, okay. yeah. And Danny and I were like, I, I guess that's funny. Who are the eggheads? What are what are eggheads? <laughs> and it turns out it's a it's a quiz show. Um, ah. yeah. So so what I've oh, learned the, the, the other the other the other good one is pants. Um, oh, pants yes. pants are not trousers. <laughs> pants are underwear. Pants are yes. Pants are less than and trousers. And also fanny is not your butt. So and, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and a fanny pack is is apparently the most hilarious thing ever <laughs> to be uttered by an American or Canadian uh, if you're British. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so anyway, uh, would would I lie to you? Still still on the in the top list, and it is it, it is not getting it's not getting old. Like I mean, I've I've I figured out the entire show, right? Like I know right. I know the order that things are happening. I know yep. who they're going to ask first. Yep. Um, I know that um, the David Mitchell's um, you know, lies or truths are always related, like b- b- are based on his personality. Like, right. like he, he got, he got into a fight with someone at a library. Of course he did. <laughs> right. Like, why, right. You know, like, right. Or, or he, um, he was the one I watched last night. He was, uh, he was apparently uh, playing Lego, w- playing Legos. Le- uh, Lego. Le- yeah, yeah. Legos is the proper Danish term. Um, Legos is the, the bastardization of that, but he was playing Legos with somebody. Um, and so that right. was, that was his lie. So anyway, it is, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Awesome. He goes over, he goes over to someone's house to play, to play Lego. Yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. So yeah. it's great, great show. We, we, I think we've, I think we've watched everything that we can watch, although you can watch clips there. There's wonderful clips on YouTube, but you can watch them, but we're, we're back <clears throat> On uh, Taskmaster, which yes. the official official ones have not dropped, but but in in this country, but they're apparently letting people put you know rather crappy copies up on YouTube, which we've been watching, which they're good. I would like to, I would rather watch them in high def, but they're but they're they're adequate. So uh, yeah, so that's been fun. Excellent. Did you ever watch? Okay, so now that we're in the the David Mitchell universe, mm-hmm. um, have you gone to watch Peep Show? Do you know what that is? Like I know no. it's, it's on Amazon Prime. I haven't watched it. Um, it is, uh, let, let me read from the Wikipedia page. It is a, um, it, it, this article is about the British sitcom. Good. So it's not about something <laughs> else. Uh, peep show is a British uh, television sitcom star- starring David Mitchell and Robert Webb. Um, oh, and yeah, yeah, uh, follows the life of Mark Corgan and Jeremy Jez Osborne, two very different dysfunctional friends who share a flat in Croydon, London. Uh, Mark is socially awkward and despondent loan manager with a cynical outlook on life, which sounds about right. Well, Jeremy is an irresponsible juvenile slacker and talentless. <laughs> uh, so I haven't, I have not watched it, but, um, but apparently it's quite, it's quite good. And, and I, so, so yeah, I will, uh, 
Maybe that's a uh, maybe the, the and and it's old. Well, old. It's dated, right? It's uh, started in two thousand and three, and 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 the last series was in uh, two thousand and fifteen. Um, but uh, so I I think I'm gonna check it out. But I yeah yeah. So and uh, yeah, and I, it's it, weather. So <clears throat> oh, interesting. Uh, uh, opening seam is flagpole setup by Harvey Danger. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. That's quite interesting. Um, so yeah, so uh, when I look at it, it looks like it's for the most part. Um, right up our alley, except that, uh, the genre includes cringe comedy mm. and it, it, depending on just how cringy it is, um, it may be too cringy for my lovely wife. So it's true. This is, this is true as we've, as we've talked about and, right. and, and I, th this is, this is my favorite part of, and you know, of, of us talking about our, our partners and spouses is that this is. This is who they are. There's no, there's no, like there are shows that I know Danny's not going to watch, and and I don't, I don't want to have that conversation anymore because it's not, you know, I, I just accept it. And and I actually I'll give you another an example of this um, that is not about a show, but one of our neighbors who's who's in our our COVID bubble. Um, we we spend a lot of time in our in our front yards with in our kids running around. Um, uh, we were talking. He's he's originally from from Buffalo, New York. You might be familiar with that. It's from your home state. Mm -hmm. uh, it's in the it's in the other part of the state, uh, close to uh, close, close to Ohio um, and Pennsylvania. Yes. Um, also, rather close to Canada, as I recall. It is. It is. <laughs> um, and he's uh, so. And actually, I've I've just misspoken. He's he's not from Buffalo. He's from Rochester, which oh, is, which is not even not even close. It's not even close. It's not. And and I and I apologize. Well, the Rochester is closer to Ithaca than Buffalo. So right, right, right. So um so so anyway, he he has lived here in the U.S. for a long time, and at some point the other night, uh, this idea of a NASCAR race came up, and and he he said, "Have you ever been to a NASCAR race?" And that might have been the funniest thing that anyone has ever said to Danny. Um, like from her, like she, she almost couldn't stop laughing. She's like, what? no, no, I've never been to a NASCAR race. Why, why is that? Why is that funny? Well, and I think it's just not her scene. And if, and if mm. anyone really knows, knows her, um, and, and so like, it, it certainly would not be, she's like, so wait a second, we're sitting there. It's very loud. I'm wearing headphones and on the headphones, if I, if I pay money, I can hear the drivers talk to each other about driving. And and it's hot and and I'm in the middle of nowhere and we're stuck there for a few hours. No, oh. thank, no, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, okay, I, right, yeah. yeah. The more you talk about it, <clears throat> the more yeah. The the mostly the loud and hot and and can't get away. Yeah, yeah. That would not be that would not be Kristen's cup of tea either. So yeah. Well, and, and the the selling <clears throat> part for for my neighbor, which also got me interested, was yes, but you can bring a cooler of your own beer in. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. Okay. I'm, okay. All right. I'm in. I'm yeah. In. Well, now I'm not, you know what? I might not be in, but now I'm interested. <laughs> tell me, tell me more about this. <laughs> so, but, but it is, you know, I, I, I appreciate just like with, with Kristen, it's like, I, I'm, I understand through you what I think Kristen likes. And and now you probably know more through me that Danny won't go to any ma mainly sporting events that are loud and hot. Um, I and you know the more you talk about her, the the higher higher she rises. Uh, <laughs> you know in in my in my eyes. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so 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 just because I've already linked to it, um, since you, when you mentioned Buffalo, of course that makes me immediately think of Buffalo Springfield. So um, uh, I just have to put that out there. Yeah, uh, Buffalo Springfield. What they're so good. They, they were so good. They 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 were they they are. Um, I'm a so we, just uh, getting into um, 
you know, the, the, the canonical Neil Young verse <laughs> now, yeah. um, Don, you might, might, uh, you might be aware. I, I spent a lot of time this morning preparing for the show in, in the way that I normally <laughs> do, which is I made coffee, but earlier than normal. So I am already, I'm, oh. I'm on this. We're, we're like at the tail end of cup number two right now. So mm. this is, you know, we're, we're flying. Well, so, so just, just a little bit of coffee talk before we get into Neil Young's talk. So yeah. I, I got up early. I was, I, I didn't have a great night's sleep, uh, but I knew I had to get up because I had like stuff to do, like walk the dog and have breakfast before, uh, before I could talk to you. But then I, I finished all of that and it was like still like it's a half an hour until we record. I'm like, I don't want to, I, I want to, or it was like 45 minutes. I don't want to have coffee right now. I want to. I need to, I need to be properly, I, I want, I don't want to, I don't want to be on a, I don't want to be on the tail end of the coffee. You know, I want to be on the up, upswing right, <laughs> of right. coffee stimulation for the podcast. Cause yeah. we do it, we, we do it for the listeners and we want to be, we want to be on our game. What 100% and, and it matters, uh, you, you know, like it, it, it matters. We're here. For, we are here for you. Also, I'm mainly for us. Uh, <laughs> as we've discussed, as we've times. discussed, um, but, but Part also as a listener, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but I do like, uh, I like being, I like being excitable for our, for our conversations and, uh, yeah, it's having that, that right balance of, of caffeine really, really makes that work. Um, okay. So Buffalo Springfield talk, and this is, uh, I, I got, I got this and then I'm going to, I'm going to say one more thing and then we can talk food safety things if you want, whatever, really, sure. whatever you want. Um, <laughs> check, check and, and uh, I, for me, and it's not a Buffalo Springfield album, but I think it captures the my favorite songs and performances from Buffalo Springfield and uh, Crosby Stills Nash, Nash and Young, which is the the glorious double album Four Way Street. And I, I not only do I own this is um, back in my sort of sort of vinyl hunting days. Um, this was on my sort of on my list of one of the things that I really wanted to find used in a in a record store. Um, I didn't want to, you know, spend, I didn't want to spend $40 on a new pressing of this. I wanted to get like an, like an old one that was in really good condition. And I found one and then I forgot that I found it. And then I found another one. You got another one. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I have two, if, if anybody would like, uh, one copy, uh, of, of an album four way street, uh, the, uh, the vinyl version that was pressed in Canada. Cause it's got all of the, uh, the French, uh, wording on it as well. I, I have two of them, but it, by law. It, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. But it's, it's my, it, I, I really like this album. It's my, it's one of my favorites and it's one that comes up often in my iTunes uh, playlist as well. It's just really, it's really good. The, for, for a, it, I don't know, uh, you know, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not an, uh, a, a recording engineer, Don. I don't know if you, if you're aware of that, but I, I love the sound of this album and, and it sat, maybe it's because it, it was remastered and mastered in a studio or, or whatever, but it just sounds really, really good. Um, so, so anyway, go, go check out four way street by Crosby, Stills, well, Nash and Young and get some, uh, yeah. Buffalo Springfield songs in there. Yeah. So I, I know this album because I'm looking at the Wikipedia page and I, I know the cover. I do not own this. I am definitely going to go and, and buy this cause that's how I get, I don't, I'm not. 
I'm not hip with the uh, streaming services like the kids. I just, I like prefer to buy my music. Now I buy it and it's digital. So I, we're getting rid of all of our CDs cause we're getting ready to move. But, um, but I'm going to get definitely go buy a copy. And while we're, so a couple, couple of things here, I've been accumulating things here in the, in the stack. So, um, when you said, uh, you want to be excitable for the podcast, of course, that made me think of the wonderful excitable boy, um, album by Warren Zevon. So we'll link nice. to that as well. But then also all this Crosby, Stills and Nash talk. I follow, I follow David Crosby. Oh, we have, we've got some more Neil Young follow-up. So hold on. Um, yeah. So I follow David Crosby on Twitter and, and basically <laughs> people are always asking him, all right, you know, is, is CSNY going to get back together? He's no. like, yeah, no, Neil, Neil doesn't want to <laughs> yeah. basically. Yeah. Neil doesn't want to. He's an asshole. He, he doesn't say he was an asshole, but uh, yeah. it's like, it's Neil. It's, it's, it's fine. Crosby stills and Nash. Yes. Young. No, <laughs> no, no. There will be no so, young. Yeah. <laughs> um, be no young. Um, so so there's that. Um, oh, and then, so have you, I, I did, I did give, speaking of giving money to people, I did give, um, Mr. Young a cons- bunch of money so I could get his app, a platform slash service. Yes. Yes. Are you familiar with this? Oh, I'm, I'm familiar yeah, I, I with just, it. I gave him, I gave him a year's worth of money cause I, cause I like him. I'm not sure I'm going to listen to it all that much, but I, you know, who knows? I mean, it might, he's, he's still making music, Ben. He's still making good music. He is. So, so I, I also am a, am a member of, of this. And mainly because he, so, um, gosh, I don't know. It's a long time ago now, 10, 12 years ago, he released, yeah, 2009, he released um, a box set called The Archives, Volume 1, which was 1963 to 1972. And he, he's he been, like, peppering his website with The Archives, Volume 2, which is supposed to be, like, 1972 through, I think, the Trans album, which is, like, 1980 or 1981. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, I'm quite excited. Oh, sorry. No, no. Let me, let me go back. Uh, volume 2 is uh, 72 to 76. Um, and so, so I'm excited for that. And, and it, and I'm, I'm kind of the same way where it's like, I will listen. There, there are a couple of re- of albums that I really, really like, um, from the early archives and, um, and I'll probably listen to a couple of these, you know, over and over again from the new one. But I, but it's like, yeah, he, he drops, he does some cool stuff where it's like on the website, I will be showing a movie. <laughs> tomorrow at 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. If you're a member, you can watch the movie. And if you're not a re- member, you can't watch the movie. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I like that. He's, he's yeah, he's, 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 a, he's a businessman. He thinks outside of the box. He's into trains well, as well. And he's, and he's, not, a, <laughs> he's not afraid to fail. So we'll link to this uh, Rolling Stone article why people should take Neil Young's subscription success more seriously. But there's this wonderful quote in here um, where it, it talks about the $400 Pono player. Yes. Um, uh, Ars Technica called the $400 Pono player a tall, refreshing drink of snake oil. The Washington Post won up that for cruelty, asking, has Neil Young finally managed to make something worse than trans? <laughs> which which is bad, which is a sad thing. I, trans I, I, trans is a wonderful album, and, and you should go back and listen to it if you haven't listened to it before. But yeah. So anyway, um, so I, yeah, so I have, and so apparently he's doing quite well with this streaming service. And I, I really, that one of the things that I really like about him is he just, he just doesn't care. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I, I'm going to go make this thing and, and I don't really don't care whether you like it or not. Um, he's just, he's very, yeah, he's just, he's just all about doing his own thing, which I, I, I have to, I have to really admire him for that. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's, I mean, he's all about, it's, it's like us with the podcast in, in a much smaller, smaller way. <laughs> yes, he's like, yes. look, I'm going to make this thing. If it sucks, I'll make something else. 
I don't care. Some people will like this. Some people won't. But I, I need to do this. I need to make things. And that's there, – there's um, – I'm actually – you know how I, I don't have a, a mic boom um, anymore. And this will make sense in a second when I tell you what, what I'm, what's holding up my microphone is a bunch of books. Um, and <laughs> – and the literally the top book on my on my pile is the wonderful biography Shaky uh, by Jimmy McDonough, and it's the it's the Neil Young biography that that started out authorized and then became unauthorized and then became authorized again. Um, but but it's it, it is one of my favorite. Um, it's really one of my favorite reads just about a a person. Some I mean someone who I'm I'm clearly very much into the things that he makes, but also it's a fascinating read just about a person and and his his outlook, which is exactly that, right? Like I'm going to try all these things and 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 I'm going to get into just things that I like and I'm going to make stuff and and I don't I don't care. Like I and 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 if and I'm going to do the things that that excite me and Crosby Stills and Nash I don't I don't want to do anything with them right now. That's not exciting anymore. And maybe yep. maybe it will be exciting, but right now it's not. And that was, you know, It's not. Yeah. Yeah. And he's gone through his his waves with with Crazy Horse in the same way where mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. it's like this they they were the only band that really got him and then he moved on for a while and then he came back. Um so yeah, and some of his stuff, like, so you know, and and it's not even some of his recent, you know, the cliche of ah, I like his old stuff, but his new stuff's not so good. He has some new stuff that's mm-hmm. really good. He's got some new stuff that I don't really like. I'll listen to every once in a while, um, but but not, yeah, not 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 a, um, they're not all bangers. But then he's got like some just beautiful new new music that is, and and it's pr- it's pretty cool that you know. That, that at whatever in his late seventies, I guess now he's still he's still just pumping stuff out and being a being a cool you know cool guy just trying new things. So yeah, yeah. I, I listened to yeah, some. So, oh so, yeah, oh, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say before I move off of music, I listened to some Willie Nelson yesterday. Um, I, I had a really lovely day working outside because it's in the seventies here and what yeah, I, here too, strangely. Oh, it's yeah. yeah, we're I think we're experiencing this like lovely in you know much of the country there's there's a lot of a lot of really nice weather based on pictures that I see from people's Facebooks. Um so I was sitting outside and I like to listen to music and in in a in a um oh an old uh Willie Nelson song came on my 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 streaming service and and I and I thought I had this like twinge of like I really like Willie Nelson and also I, I, Danny and I saw him in concert. He played actually with Neil Young at Farm Aid here in Raleigh, maybe mm-hmm. six yep. or seven yep. years ago. And, and we, he, I mean, he, he, he finished, Willie finished the show and at 80 or 82, he was, he was crazy. He's jumping around. He, he, and I, 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 you know, with the, with the passing of, of a bunch of, you know, people as, you know, we all go and things happen every day. I, I lamented yesterday that, that soon someday, just because of age, Willie Nelson will die and it will be a sad day. So sorry, sorry mm-hmm. to bring it down, Don. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, speaking of age, yeah. Ah. So so I got a I got a, a whole arc here. Um so uh let's see. How what order should we so so speaking of Willie, um I have to I have to say I I one of his songs that he covers that is so so good is Poncho and Lefty, mm-hmm. which I believe is a Towns Van Zant song uh, originally. I, I want to say, I think, you're but it's right. been covered by a lot of people. Yes. Towns Van Zandt. It's been covered by a lot of people. And it's just one of my favorite, one of my favorite, um, songs about, um, you know, uh, that Willie does of, of almost anything. Um, oh, speaking of Neil Young, um, that reminds me of the second season of the Mandalorian. <laughs> because oh, oh, there's Jawas. Yes. There there's are. Jawas oh. in, 
which reminds me of that wonderful concert movie that he yep. made. Russ Never um, Sleeps. Russ Never Sleeps. Um, and then finally, but before we completely leave music, uh, I really, I, I, I'm so, oh, and, and so speaking of music and old music and also concerts, um, I bought, and this was, uh, this was bought on an impulse and it was, it was dirt cheap. The, the 50th anniversary re-release of the Grateful Dead album, American Beauty, mm. which first of all, it's remastered. The songs are more amazing than ever and it has a concert footage like a a concert like a soundboard concert and it's exquisite i mean it's absolutely exquisite so i mean it's like it's less less than 20 bucks it's like man i'm that's i can't believe that they're they're that maybe there's a mistake in the price but i'm just gonna get it because anyway and it was uh yeah so i've been listening to that i really really like that so i i have just added that that to my to uh, my um my i my whatever apple music thing so I, I I now have that. See see I, I'm gonna make the 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 call for you here. I know you don't like streaming. I like you know you like to to own the music, um. But but I I think I spend spend fifteen bucks a month for the family, and that's probably less now that it's all bundled into the Apple mm-hmm. One thing. But um, I, every like every time now someone says something, I'm like, do I have that album? Have I added it to my to my thing, my whatever, my, my archive, mm-hmm. my library. Uh, and then I go at it and there's no, there's no ads or anything. So I it, like I, the amount of music, I, I've, I've been doing this now for a couple of years. I, I certainly would be spending $15 a month on buying music and now I can have it right. all. So, so anyway. but, and you, and you, and you're, and you're, um, I want to say Shopify. That's not right. You're Spotify, you're, you're, but you're using Apple music. I use right? the Apple music. Yeah. Cause I like that. It goes like, I can put it on all my stuff I, I yeah. on my phone and on my watch. Um, and yeah, and it all, it all syncs up really, really well. So I, yeah, anyway, not, this is not an Apple podcast, although some might think it is, uh, sometimes, um, it's okay. Yeah. Not for you. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so this is, this will be a good segue. So speaking of, it's not for you, um, a, f- a friend of ours and probably doesn't listen to the podcast, um, and also doesn't share our political beliefs, uh, Paul Hall, mm-hmm commented on uh, a change that I made to a picture on Facebook where I put up uh, a, a, a picture of uh, a piece of paper that says believe um, and uh, and it's a sign and uh-huh. you know the sign I'm talking about right oh I do I do I know the reference even it's for me it's <laughs> well, for me so, so and so Paul says believe in what? And I, my response, which I'm, I was a little bit cruel, but I'm still quite happy with it, was, um, what did I say? I said, it's not about the election. Number one, it's not about the election. And number two, if you don't understand it, it's not for you. <laughs> yep. Right. Right. And and that was it. They just shut it down. Just a little cruel. But on the other hand, uh, you know, I've, I don't have time to explain stuff to people that, that don't understand. I don't have time. Don, it's there, not for you. Right. It's not for you. And there's... There, there was some, and I don't know what the original reference is, but I've heard it repeated multiple times on multiple podcasts and in lots of different forums. If I have to explain the joke, it's not funny anymore. <laughs> and and this if it's not if it's true. not for you, I, you don't. I, it's not. I'm not going to explain it to you. You 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 find it. And if that and that might be Don comedy elitism. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 maybe maybe it's the maybe it's the liberals. I don't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> Oh gosh. Um oh, oh so finally, finally. So while we're on Facebook and then then I'm done, okay, with, with all this pre show. Call the show. <clears throat> hey, ding ding ding. <laughs> um 
So my my well, my use of Facebook continues to evolve, uh, but I used to be one of those happy birthday wishers. And I am now it's just overwhelming. I am not a happy birthday wisher. And now today, as people may know, people, many people probably I know. know is my birthday. Happy birthday. And, and people are. Thank you. Thank you. And many people are wishing me a happy birthday on my Facebook. And I'm. I'm I've committed this year that I am not going to respond to each and every one, which I felt before like I had to do. And I'm just I'm just, uh, you know, and what and what, so what other people have done, which is probably smart, is you, at the end of the day, you say, hey, thanks to everybody. <laughs> Wish me a happy birthday. Yeah. Yep, um, yep. And then and then you just sort of move on from that, because, I mean, you know, it's 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 I, I would spend I would spend all day um, doing doing that. And and I, I feel bad because people are being nice. But. I, I've become I've become a not non non birthday wisher. I don't wish people a birthday, and I don't necessarily acknowledge when people wish me a birthday. <laughs> Don, this is why we do the podcast together because because <laughs> we we are aligned. And 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 I, I I think in the last I don't know if it was my last birthday or the birthday before, but I've also hit this exact same uh, <laughs> situation. And yeah, and and so here's here's what I what I did last year is. Uh, and and I was I was selective. If someone said something witty or reminded me of something, I liked their comment. Right? I acknowledged it. I said, "Hey, I see you. I see you there. I like this." But if it was just a standard happy birthday, I was like, "Hey, that's cool too." But I'm um I'll I'll and and I'll I'll just say at the end of the day, thanks thanks for everybody. Thanks everybody for thinking of me. Uh, but well, I'm you I, know, one one yeah. one I did respond to. I've got a wonderful friend uh, that I haven't seen since high school, probably David Roseman, um, who used to go by Rosie, but I think is now going by David. But but <laughs> is um but but he he every year he does this. He sends a picture of a flower and he wishes you a happy birthday. And that's it's probably nice. a picture that he took and he's an amazing photographer. Yeah. See, that's, so, that's thoughtful, yeah. right? So, like, that's, like I, yeah. how can I, how can I not say thank you for that? It's yes. a gorgeous little picture. Yeah. Yes. And, and it's not that you're, you're not, um, you're not thankful for, for the happy birthdays. It's just, it's, it's true. It's overwhelming and it's become an expected conversation, right? Like it's, right. It, yeah. Also I'm mostly off of Facebook, so I don't, I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> if I could just somehow get it so the little green dot doesn't show up on your name or on your picture to show that people that you're online, then I would then oh, I would certainly yeah. be off. Of, then I, I could actually say that I'm off of Facebook, but I, you know people could certainly call me out on it. Well, other other things, and and this is this is us. Um, what's the Oh, what's the what's the term here? I, I think we're subtweeting a little bit. If I, if we can cross the platforms, uh, don't don't cross mm. the platforms. <laughs> uh, is that um, I don't I don't use the the Facebook Messenger as a as a way to, to oh communicate. Oh my god! And, and I then, hate I hate using Facebook Messenger. Yeah, and, I hate it. I hate it when certain people who've been a guest on this podcast who will remain nameless use it for work. Yeah. To correspond with us for work, it's not for work. It's not even for anything. Oh, and there's one person who is a Republican who insists on communicating me via me with faith, and not not our friend Mindy, um, who also is now my friend on Facebook. Yes, who I'm communicating. That's fine, whatever. But no, this person who will remain nameless is just keeps posting like stuff on my messenger. Oh, that I. Just, I really can't. I just oh, make me so angry. I, I I don't want things on my messenger. And yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to fight with you. But Jesus, yeah. stop being a 
Sure. And I want I want to I want to highlight that there is somebody who is a friend of the show who who has sent me recently some um some messages on Messenger and this is not directed at that person. Um and that person will know. Right. Exactly. Um exactly. but what what I what I'm saying but it's it's the oh now you're part of a group chat with 700 other people about like, you know, um sealed air. <laughs> or <laughs> or or like wait, what is happening? Anyway, anyway but I I I want to um, so I, I say all this, um, and what it, what messenger is good for, I don't want to like, I don't want to use it like text messaging. That's my, that's my point. Right. What, or, um, or emails, what it is good for is that I, there are two, um, t- two friends, two people that I went to high school with that, that make music like professionally. And, um, and I, I, I reached out, I know, I know one of them sort of better than, than the other. Like they, you know, one was, um, a few, a few years older than I am. And, and, and I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll, uh, um, I'll, I'll mention his, his name, uh, well, his, his like actual music name. It's, uh, Eddie C. He's a, he's a, he's a DJ and he's, he's been living in, um, in Germany for the last, I don't know, six or seven years. We just connected on, on Facebook and mainly because we were, we commented on some, you know, a common high school friends thing. And, and I knew that he was a, a, a musician and, but the connection made me like, oh, let me go check out what he's, what he's doing. And, and again, this is, I'll tell you, Apple music is perfect. I actually looked up like Eddie C, what is he, what does he got? And he's got a bunch of, bunch of albums and over the, the course of the last, gosh, I don't know, three months, I've been listening to a, quite a bit of it. I really enjoyed it. It's, it's, it's like, it's house, you know, house EDM. Um, and that's uh, electronic uh, dance music. Dance music, I yep. knew that. Yep. Um, and uh, and and so and and like Sam and I have been listening to it in the car. And so I sent him a message, and and I, I the, really was was just like I wanted him. Like we haven't connected, right? And and I don't have his email, and I don't text him, but I know we you know we just connected on Facebook. So I wanted to send him a messenger message just to say, and I'll, I'll read it to you. I hope all is well with you. I just wanted to let you know that I've really been enjoying your music recently. We've been listening to green space and on the shore quite a bit. It's very cool. And I just wanted to like, I don't know, like, and it's kind of like with the podcast, yeah, right? I like, like your stuff. Yeah. I, I like, like, I want to like, I wanted to let you know that I like your stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's nothing, nothing else. And, and I think from, um, from an artist standpoint, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know how much, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much of that is out there, but, but I, I just want to recognize like, this is a really cool art and, and, and I, and I, I'm, I don't want to like, Hey, what have you been doing over the last, you know, five years and we should get together and all that kind of stuff. I just wanted to let them know, like, mm-hmm. I really like this. Um, and so, so that was, that was kind of cool. And we, we exchanged a couple of messages and, and we've been listening to, to stuff The um, and I, I did a similar thing for a, a, another friend who I'm, I'm a little more close to, like we, we, we have um, more common friends. Um, and, 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 and Dawn, you and I went to one of, one of her concerts, mm-hmm. uh, the mm-hmm. good lovelies. Uh, and I, you know, mm-hmm. around the same time I, I was, we were also listening to a lot of good, good lovelies. And I just wanted to let um, my friend Carrie know, I was like, Hey, I, I just, I, I, you know, we haven't connected for a while. I just want to let you know, I really, we really like your stuff. Like, like you, you brighten our day with your, with your music and, and, and that's it. You know, anyway. Um, so, 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 so yeah. So boy, Eddie C has a ton of stuff on Bandcamp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so what yeah. what would you rec so if I wanted to weigh in, what would you recommend? Or what what do you like? So I really like Green Space. That that's the one that's probably in in the highest rotation um here. 
And so that's oh, a, I see. yeah, elephants. Yep. it's a 2009 and there's, um, and if I give you a couple of, um, uh, like a couple of cool, uh, tracks to start with, I really like way uptown and dancing music. Um, the, the other thing that, yeah. So, so anyway, I could, I could get his entire Dick discography for yeah. only 116 uh, euros. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and he's, he's like, I mean, and this is, I'm not, I'm not in the, I'm not really in the EDM scene, but there's a whole bunch of YouTube videos of him at like at parties and, and doing cool stuff. And anyway, it's, it's, it's just like, I, I don't know. It's one of those things that's, I, I think it's hard to, hard to communicate. It's like, I know, I knew, I knew you a long time ago and we used to hang out in the halls in our high school. And then we've both gone, you know, clearly our own like separate ways. And then your music ended up back in my but, life just randomly. And I just wanted to let you know, I, I really like that. So. And and well, both gone your different ways, and both to uh, acclaim and success in a very small part of uh, the universe, right? <laughs> and then, right, right, in a weird little niche, uh, and but his a much larger niche where it's like uh, you know uh, people uh, they people go to parties and stuff and, and concerts. Um, so so anyway, it was uh, and I still like, and this is. Um, you know, before we get into the into the food safety side of things, oh, I have I have a way. I have a good segue okay, to good. bring back to food safety when you're ready. Good, good, good. Well, so so a lot of my, uh, you know, f- formative high school music, like the same people that I watched kids in the ha- the hall with, were the same people that we used to go to someone's basement and um and and the you know uh, you know Eddie C and a couple other guys um and and a couple other and a couple other girls would just like s- become a DJ right like they were they were starting to practice their their art in in these like basement parties in Port Hope Ontario and um and 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 still there's you know I, I, there's still music from that time period that they were that they exposed me to because we were hanging out in someone's basement that I still listen to today and and I have that you know the, I'm, I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's both a German word and a Japanese word for it but I will describe the emotion which is schadenfreude schadenfreude yes yeah uh, shod and Funkin freud funkin grooving funkin grooving where where you know you you hear you hear a song and it puts you into a memory into a place and I constantly have that related to this group of friends um, and and at EC. So, um, wow. yeah. So so and, and and I just I don't know. I feel like now I I am and and this and, and maybe this is where where your where your segue back into food safety is going. But recently, um, a couple of people who have have passed away in the food safety world and um, who 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 I knew just adjacently. Um, or, or new from, from emails and, and Facebook. And, and so I, I can't remember if we talked about this on, on this show, but a, a guy named Russ Flowers, um, died. Uh, and then, um, and then another guy, a couple of weeks later, Ron Schmidt died and it, those two deaths, right? Like made me think I should reach out to people more. And that's what I've been mm-hmm. doing, right? Like I don't know. So, um, so anyway, was that was your segue using <clears throat> using Ron or not using, but talking about Ron Ron Schmidt? Yeah, uh, yeah. And I, I, we did talk about Russ on this show. Yeah. I don't think we talked about Ron. Um, and and yeah, and so and again, speaking of Facebook Messenger, a friend of ours who probably is not in the same political alignment as we are. Uh, who's not the one who who messaged who who talked about my sign, but a different person um, had sent us a message saying, "Hey, look, um, here's information on Ron's uh, memorial service." And so I last Saturday, 
um, I went to this. And again, we talk about how terrible the pandemic is. But, you know, if without the pandemic, this probably would have been in person and I wouldn't have been able to go. So, I mean, I feel bad for his family. But so, yeah. So anyway, there was uh, so Ron Schmidt, who is a colleague of our friend uh, Michelle Daniluk, uh, retired from uh, University of Florida, uh, passed away suddenly. <clears throat> 77 passed away suddenly at home, uh, October 12th, 2020. And the memorial service, I didn't stay for the whole thing, but the memorial service that, we, that his family had last uh, Saturday, uh, last Saturday was just very sweet and very nice. And I really appreciate that they uh, let anybody who wanted to come to come. And so I, I just, it was very nice. It was a nice sort of bit of closure. So I'm glad I could do it. I'm glad I got to know Ron. I'm sorry I didn't know him better. Um, he he was a anyway. <laughs> read, read his obituary. He's a hoot. Uh, he's just quite a character. So he, yeah, yeah. He he was he was a hoot. And in his we I we, I used to see him at um at, well we we both used to see him at at, at IAFP. IAFP. Yeah, every every year. And I um I really remember spending the most amount of time with him at a at a Florida affiliate meeting, the Florida Association for Food Protection. And, and it was what Michelle Danilock, um, was, uh, you know, was, was, uh, was either the president or she was, she, you know, Michelle, Michelle is in, she's in charge of, of a lot of things and, um, in a good, in a good way. And so she invited me to, to come give this talk uh, six or seven years ago in Florida and Larry Goodrich was there, our friend Larry and Ron Schmidt and Ron was playing, we, we were on this like cruise, um, as, as part of this, this social event and Ron had a guitar and he had a banjo and he was playing music and I just hung out with him on this, on this cruise for like two hours. And, and we became like, I, I, I remember that as being the time where I, I used to see him and he had this very, like in, at IAFP, he, he had this very like understated, you know, low, low talk where he'd, he'd kind of walk up beside you and, and say maybe an inappropriate joke and then just look at you with like a, <laughs> with like a look and then walk away. And, and so that was my experience with him. But then we, we became, I, you know, I, I would say like good friends where we, we conversed quite a bit over, over email over the last, um, since he, since he retired, you know, maybe six, six years ago, um, or so. And he he would often send he he was a listener to the to the podcast, um, and and he would um, he, he I, I think he would uh, hear us or when when I post things he was he's certainly a follower of Barf Blog and when we would post um, episodes up he would he would look at the show notes and then sometimes listen to the show <laughs> but then would comment on the show notes and he would often like send really thoughtful hilarious funny emails about his, you know, uh, you know, growing up in, in Minnesota and you know, what, what, what it was, you know, what it was like and, and food safety things. And then I, I kind of think of him as, as part of this group of him and Carl Custer and, and Pete Snyder, all these, these old, these old white dudes who, who, who are, are, are still very important in the world of food safety from a progressive challenge the system kind of, kind of way. And, and, and let's also, let's also be very clear that Carl, uh, last we checked is alive and kicking still and alive. still sending. <laughs> yeah. Still, still sending emails, still alive. Um, yeah, but, but I actually being an invaluable help in uh, food Kobe net absolutely. Uh, with, with all of his, uh, you know, free time to just basically go and dig into stuff. So well, and, yeah. and, and that was like that there's, there's an inspiration in 
in, in all three of them and, and, and very much, you know, and just most recently I'm, I'm on my mind with, with Ron, like there's no, like he didn't have to reach out, right? Like he didn't, he didn't have to email and, and sort of give his take on food safety things. And he, there, there's nothing, you know, like he, he's, he's done, he's done his, he's done his time in the world of food safety. Um, there's not a, an expectation. And, and the fact that, that him and, and Carl and, and Pete would, would, would just like, you know, constantly reach out in, in a very like mentoring, loving way. Like, Hey, here's, here's something you might not know, or here's some experience that, that I had and, and, and you're probably going to enjoy this. And I just, I really appreciate that. And it makes me want like constantly want to remember that right like that's i i should do that when when i when i retire or before i retire right like it was it's very uh it's very heartening so so anyway yes sad sad days um but but also you know uh the these and 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 it, i mean just to, to to bring it back why i'm why i think about reaching out to people it's like you never know the 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 little thing that um you reaching out might ex- might might be uh, an inspiration to someone else or it might make them think about something in a, in a different way and so that's it's really really cool yeah yeah so Are, is uh, my Skype not, has it, this yeah what's happening it no says, you're fine you're fine um and and yeah so pulling out my mic restarts my call recorder uh, but that's okay that's because okay. you are this. So Skype has this weird bug now that when I mute it, um, cause I had to mute it cause I, I have a, like a stuffy nose. Um, I needed to do something about that. Um, I muted it. I muted myself and then, uh, I unmuted myself, which showed up as unmuting on the screen, mm-hmm. but then it didn't actually unmute me. And so <laughs> I know from past experience, the way that I fix that is plug and unplug my microphone from my computer, which is fine, except that it restarts the call. Rec- it ends that call recorder recording and it starts making a new recording. Oh my gosh. Of course. Of course. Skype. Oh, so Skype, man. Uh, I know. I know. Um, anyway, should we, uh, you want to talk about some food safety things? There's, <laughs> should we start the show? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Let's call it a show. Because people, people come for the, for the, for the talk not for the food safety. It's in the second half, right? It's, it's right in our title. It's food safety and then talk. And talk. we're just giving them the talk early. Uh, and then the, <laughs> the food safety comes later. Okay. So I got something for you. Breaking news. Um, cool. bre- bre- as of, as of this morning. And I, uh, w- one, one of the things that I like to do, uh, now is uh, knowing that we're going to talk about food safety. I go to, I go to food safety news and I think <laughs> about things that are, that we might want to talk about. And I didn't see this until this morning. Um, but there was a uh, like I just to me the, the, the I, I, a really interesting long term impact of an outbreak and so um, so so let me read this is from Dan Flynn this morning um, uh, December December November tenth two thousand and twenty headline uh, Maple Leaf Foods catches a break in Supreme Court of Canada mm-hmm. uh, in two thousand and eight. Uh, outbreak of listeriosis with 22 deaths from a mortality rate of 38.5% out of the 57 infections may finally be over for Toronto's Maple Leaf Foods. I I think that they 
would expect that it's never over, you know, and um, we can uh, we can put a call out to, to Randy Huffman, who's talked for a lot about how the that outbreak uh, has reshaped what they do for food safety. So it's I, I, I disagree that it's over um, the the impacts. Anyway, 12 years after the deadly listeriosis outbreak, Canada's Supreme Court has dismissed a lawsuit brought by Mr. Sub franchisees, not a guy, like not Mr. Sub, uh, against Maple Leaf Foods. Mr. Sub franchisees had sued an attempt to make Maple Leaf Foods responsible for financial losses from the outbreak. Cold cuts from a Maple Leaf Foods plant in Toronto were the source of the listeria contamination. So it was a 5-4 decision reached on Friday. Canada's high court found Maple Leaf does not owe the franchisees a duty of care. That is the legal responsibility held by a person or organization to avoid any acts that could reasonably be foreseen to cause harm to others. And so what, what I, what had happened was, um, (laughs) what had uh, happened was, uh, the, the, um, you know, Mr. So in, in the, uh, wake of that outbreak in 2008, um, cold cuts and deli meats took a financial hit right across everywhere because Maple Leaf was the sort of largest supplier, definitely the, like the, the biggest brand in Canada for, for deli meats. Um, their products had led to this, uh, this devastating outbreak. And, um, the, the argument from Mr. Sub franchisees was that people stopped eating, you know, subs and that's what they sold. And so, um, so anyway, they they, they sued, um, and, uh, you know, turns out, um, because, and this is sort of the legal side of things because the, so Mr. Sub franchisees sued Maple Leaf claiming lost sales and damage to their reputations. Mr. Sub franchisees sought to extend the duty of care, um, beyond consumers being injured by a product. And Mr. Sub restaurants, and this is where it kind of fell apart, they didn't have a direct relationship with Maple Leaf. They didn't buy their product directly. In fact, their relationship was with their distributors, and that's where the the lawsuit fell apart. I, I guess so, yeah. so so did Mr. Sub buy Maple Leaf meat? Yes. Okay. But it wasn't but the franchisees <clears throat> didn't say, hey, look, we want maple leaf. They just went to their distributor and said, we want meat. And then the distributor had the relationship with maple leaf. That's what you just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you just said. Yeah, yeah. Did you just mansplain this to me? Uh, (laughs) Okay, good, good. (laughs) No, yeah, no, that. If I was sitting next to you, I'd be spreading my legs apart too and doing some manspreading. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Take over your space. Right, right. Yeah, no, no, that's, I mean, that's, that's kind of it. But they, being that, that maple leaf was their, like that was the brand that they were using, right? Like that they ultimately had, there was a loss of, they, they claim a loss of sales because all of a sudden people didn't want to eat deli meat. No one was coming to, to Mr. Sub. Um, and for, for two reasons from what I, what I read on this, it, it was that first of all, we don't want deli meat at all because it's making people sick. Secondly, we certainly don't want Mr. Maple Leaf deli meat, um, because they're the ones that led to this outbreak. And so, um, so, so it's, I, you know, it, 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 you know, a lot of these things get, get tied up in the, the intricacies of, of this exact thing, right? It's, well, who, who's your relationship with? Where's the contract? What, what, what is the duty of care? All that kind of stuff that I don't want to, I, I don't, it's kind of outside of what you and I do a lot of. I mean, we we're we're adjacent to it because, because sometimes we serve as, as expert witnesses, but, um, but, but that, but what, I guess what I want to take away from this is that this outbreak happened 12 years ago, right? Like, like if you think you're in a food 
you're you're a, a food manufacturer and you have settled, you know, you you you've had an outbreak. You've dealt with the civil cases, right? And and then maybe you've dealt with any criminal cases. And we talked about this in the last episode with with Bluebell that there were criminal fines, right? Well, you might find yourself 12 years later still fighting, putting up money to to defend yourself in court about duty of care of lost sales to a supplier that you didn't have a direct relationship with. And and certainly the, you know getting to the Supreme Court that's if of Canada doesn't you know <laughs> not not that there's any like not that that's a lower court than the the Supreme Court of the U.S. Um, but that's it's that, just different. It's different. different. It, it's got to cost money, right? Like like this isn't free. Um, and so um, so that you know don't as a food manufacturer, this is certainly the extreme case. But it's not you know having an outbreak doesn't end at the recall. Right, like it's it's not over then. There there are so many things, and and I um I, I remember, and I'll you know coming back to Bluebell, I remember having a conversation with a retailer who stocked Bluebell products prior to that that outbreak and recall and resulting recall, and one and that you know this is this was an off the record comment, and I won't you know sort of uh, out who the who the retailer was. But, but they said, you know, we are seriously thinking of not, you know, down the road, we may never have a relationship with Bluebell again because th- they were not very good to us. <laughs> they, they, people were not very good to me. Um, they weren't very good mm-hmm. to us um, in, in the conversations about recalls. They, they just didn't understand how this works. We deal with recalls every single freaking day. And there's a cost for us pulling product off off the shelf and there's a cost for us to either if they want their ice cream back we'll ship it to them but really it's cheaper for us to just dispose of it and, and throw it out and we send them a bill because it's not our it's not our fault that your product got recalled and and we're right, now right. in this like crazy conversation back and forth where it's costing us time and money to explain to them how recalls work we just might not have them as a supplier anymore because this is this is a pain in the ass like they just don't get it and so right. i actually don't know whether that retailer has restocked it but that there are so many other impacts, right? Like you might think it's the illness and it's the recall, but it, but I mean, 12 years later, Maple Leaf is still dealing with this. So don't have food yeah, well, outbreaks, right? Like that's the, yeah. that's the message. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting too, like, and I'll, I'll, this is the, the penultimate uh, paragraph in that food safety news article. Uh, Common law in Canada has historically not allowed for recovery of negligence losses that are not consequences of physical injury or Right. And so the SCC, Supreme Court of Canada decision was consistent with that doctrine. Right. Yeah. yeah. Although although interestingly, it was a five four decision. So which means that that just barely a majority of the judges or the the Supreme Court judges uh, agreed with that. So anyway, it's interesting. Yeah, it is. It's 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 interesting. And I mean, this is one of the things that a uh, friend of the show and we've we had a, a, a wonderful episode with with him a long time ago, Bill Marler. Um as as I as my friendship with Bill grew um, back like almost two decades ago when he he visited us in in Guelph Doug and I um, when we were starting Barf Blog and he was starting his blog he said that the biggest question that people ask him and this I I don't know if this still holds true now but is could I get sued for this and he's like 
Of course. The answer is yes. Yeah. You can get you sued can, for anything. You can get exactly. You can get sued for anything. Whether you win or not, or whether they win or not, that's the real question. What's the likelihood of winning? But the fact that you get sued, that's gonna cost you money. So yep. what, yeah, right, right. Like that it was it and I really never thought about that, right? Like from from the outside, from the just the food safety side of things, like anybody can can bring a lawsuit against you and you have to deal with it, right? Like you can't wow. you can't, you can't just, just ignore it. Not, not to bring it back to current events. Oh gosh, Oof. you can you can sue over anything. Uh, even even uh, you know even if a perfectly legal election you lost, you can sue over that. Yeah, that's right. I yeah, and whether you, are you going to win or not is the real question. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, and let's hope it doesn't. Let's hope it does. This does not last for uh, uh, twelve how years. Many years is this twelve been? years? Twelve years. Um, yeah. Oh, speak and speaking of bluebell and and food safety news, I I just how it works on the internet is you see some. You, were you aware that this is in this? This is also another food safety news article. Uh, grand jury charges former Bluebell president uh, with wire fraud and conspiracy. Are you are you keeping no, up with this? I'm not. Is this a new? This is new. No, I, I have don't to admit I have one. not been keeping up with food safety news. So, yeah. So this is uh, this is uh, from October 21st. Huh. Um, yeah. Since we talked, or or right around the time we talked. Wow. I know I hadn't seen that. Um, yeah. Wire, wire fraud and and what and conspiracy. Yeah. Wow. That's those aren't good. You don't. No. Those aren't things. That, you don't want to do. Want to have those things. Yeah. You don't want to have those things. Well, and it comes, but it, it sort of comes back to what you were saying before. This is a company that maybe, and we talked about too with with Chipotle, who who we we now love because <laughs> they bought us off with a with a, a trip and a stack of gift cards. But um, but but like you don't understand how this works. Yeah. This is the CDC is not picking on you, right? This is just how the CDC works, right? Oh, this is this is how recalls work. Like you, we screwed up. We have to do a recall. We're gonna send you. We're not gonna. It's not pain and and suffering. We're gonna charge you for what it costs us to pull this product from the shelves. Right. 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 This is just how this this is how this works. Yeah. And and <laughs> so what do you not understand? Right. Right. Well, and and this is so still. I think as you you and I, and and many like us in the food safety world, whether it's through. The regulatory aspects of things, service providers for um, for food industry, academics, uh, extension outreach people. We are constantly working with businesses to tell them it's really it's a really a bad idea to have an outbreak, right? Like it's a bad idea, and and when you kind of construct all of this, like the anatomy of an outbreak from start to finish, and the the costs of it, and 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 you know, largely we have. We have lots of examples of the really, really bad ones. Certainly, there are outbreaks that that you know the presidents don't get charged with wire fraud, um, but these are the types of things that can happen, and and that's the and and this is where you know just just bringing it back to what you and I talk about all the time. I'm a pretty risk averse guy. I'm a pretty risk averse guy in my in my personal life. And I'm a very, and I realize this more and more now talking with others around COVID-19 and how it matches up with what we do in food safety all the time. And I, and I, I keep saying this to people like, you know, we're talking about like disease and, 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 and risk and, um, you know, what about these practices and what about this? And, and, and I'm like, I do this every day. Like this is what my job is in for different pathogens. And I, and I keep telling people that, and it's more of me just saying it out loud for me to hear, like, this is just like food safety, like all the things that we're talking about. But, 
but I still, I still have a very cynical view. If, if you, if we had a hundred food businesses all in a room talking about food safety at some sort of meeting of various sizes, there's still going to be 30 in that room that, that don't have an awareness of the, the, the chances that something as long-term and widespread as what Bluebell is dealing with and what Maple Leaf has, has, has dealt with ha- happen and have never heard of it and are, are oblivious to it. And, and then there's probably, and again, I'm making like numbers up, but there's probably 10 companies in there that have a whole office dedicated to make sure that, that they are aware of all the bad things that could happen. And then there's a bunch of people in the middle and some of them probably more on the less risk averse side of things, but it, but it's, it's not, it's certainly not everyone. And it's, and, and it, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me when we have, um, you know, you, you, gosh, I, I don't know. It was probably back in, I remember recording this in my office. So it, it was probably close to a year ago now where, where mm-hmm, there was mm-hmm. a, a cut fruit business in New Jersey that, mm-hmm, yep, that, yep. that you went, you know, you went, went to, right. Like, and it's kind of like, Oh, these folks probably never thought that this was going to happen, but how do they respond to it? Right? Like what, what do they have? What do they have in place? And, and were they prepared? Um, at all, at all for it. And, and I don't know, like that, that's the part that's really difficult for, for all of us is where are the companies on those, on, on those, uh, on that continuum. Um, but, but certainly in the long term, 12 years, it's a long, you know, no one's prepared. No, no one's probably prepared for that, but I bet you at year seven, Maple Leaf was like, huh, this probably isn't going away. <laughs> like we're, we're, yeah. uh, we're, we're going to be in here for a while. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, the, talking about risk and risk management, it makes me think of um, actually a response to review that I'm that I'm doing right now. So we got to, ma- you know, the way it works in science, Ben. I'm just going to mansplain science to you. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm here. <laughs> I'm this. here for you. Um, we get we get ca- we get points um, on the science board <laughs> for publishing papers, and so we publish papers. Uh, but part of that is going through peer review, where uh, generally the reviewers know who you are, but you don't know who they are unless it's for the journal risk analysis. In which case, um, it's double blind, which is idiotic. But uh, anyway, um, the, that's a different that's a discussion for a different day. Um, but uh, we're, we're we we with a friend of the show uh, Laura Strawn, uh, we're uh, publishing a paper on listeria growth in on fresh uh, intact produce, and uh, the re- re- one of the comments the reviewer makes is, uh, well, for, so we so we publish this paper on listeria in whole fruits and vegetables, and so the reviewer comment is first the target pathogen could not be appropriately chosen. The actual prevalence and number of reported outbreaks caused by LM in whole fruits and vegetables seems to be low, and in some cases inexistent, as in the case of citrus fruits. This person, their their native language is not English, so they're they're, they're they communicate in a little bit of a funny way. Um, maybe other enteric foodborne pathogens such as Salmonella or VTEC could have been studied. Well, <laughs> that was in this paper. Yeah, that was a different paper. paper. And and, and by the way, um, this paper, this research was funded by the U.S. produce industry. So (laughs) you think they would probably, and it's the Center for Produce Safety, who are, I love them dearly, but they are tightwads, right? They will not spend money they don't have to spend. And and again, maybe it's a confusion over zero tolerance, right? And so my response is... um, as we've noted, the number of outbreaks linked to fresh produce is quite low. Unfortunately, the number of recalls is quite high. 
right? Because listeria is is a a, a high dose pathogen, right? The 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 ID fifty for listeria is quite high. I mean, we can argue about how high it is, but um, so of course uh, these you know these. These recalls are very expensive and time-consuming for the industry. Uh, so the the industry is really interested in not doing them if they're not needed. Um, but if we if the if the if the fresh produce industry if the if 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 Salmonella or pathogenic E. coli were detected in fresh produce, uh, the, the industry would be very interested in doing a recall. They they don't they don't have a problem with that, right? And so anyway, so we, we and of course you know you always uh, beg forgiveness and you say, oh sorry, we 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 didn't explain this quite clearly enough for this one stupid reviewer. So we're gonna we're gonna add some some information to to our manuscript to explain this. So anyway, so there's that going on, and then the all, the other thing I have to just briefly vent on is uh, about risk management, where. Um, the reviewer says, um, uh, let's see, uh, hold on one second. I know people love when we do this. Um, I have, I got some, I got some follow-up. I got a reviewer follow-up for you. So you'll like, oh, excellent. Good. Um, so, so at some point, um, the reviewer is telling us what to do. (laughs) No, you, Um, no, you do that reviewer number two. Is the is the correct response? Yeah. All right. Let's see here. Ah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh, here. Uh. The 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 authors that the, the re- complaining that we are not describing how the risk should be managed. And my response here is. <laughs> We do not seek to describe how to manage risk because we are not risk managers. Yes. <laughs> Since yeah. risk management is not purely a scientific process, it has no scientific manuscript. It, our colleagues in the fresh produce industry who are actual risk managers have confirmed that our paper will be very useful to them as they seek science-based tools to manage listeria monocytogenes risk. And so – and this is again. This is a common topic on this podcast. It is something that I increasingly think about all the time. And I realize that I have to keep explaining this to people over and over again: the difference between risk assessment and risk management. And I am, and I explain this to people who hire me to be a consultant. It's like I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you that based on the assumptions and based on the models, here is what the risk appears to be. You have to decide what to do about that. You have to decide on your risk tolerance. And again, I just get, I, and it, it, it's not, I'm not getting tired of explaining it because I guess that's why I have a job, right? Right, right. That I can't explain this over and over again. But anyway, so talking about listeria, talking about risk just made me think about this paper, which is as soon as I finish a couple of very, very minor typographical suggestions by my dear friend and colleague, <laughs> Laura Strawn, who's a co-author on the paper. So she has every right um, to ask me to. To, to fix little little things that, that are not correct um, in the manuscript that we're co-authoring, um, I'm going to send this back. So I'll be very excited to have that uh, be off my desk. Anyway, I'm done. Rant over. All right. I'm going to rant. So I, I had not planned on ranting about this, but you made me think about um, something that I, I certainly could rant about on reviews. Um, so I'm uh, you, you are familiar and, and I won't actually, I won't call out who the author is, but you know, the person who, who is on this and uh, mainly because they don't want to, I, I, I think the author would be embarrassed that I'm talking specifically about, about this. Um, and not, not embarrassed, but maybe, maybe, maybe alarmed. Um, and, and so the, this person's a, a relatively new, um, uh, a, a new person to being in the world of primary authorship on a, on a paper. And, and so we, we, it, the, the paper is about, um, really it's about cross contamination in 
settings in food settings. And it's about, it's a review paper on um, looking for studies where we can find pathogens in like on weird surfaces in weird settings related to food. Okay. Does that, does that mm -hmm. clear enough to you on without me sort of exactly outing what this is about? Um, yeah, 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 for sure. So, so, so let me, and I, I want to restate this, that this is about foodborne pathogens. So one reviewer writes, this is all great information. Also, you need to add a section on SARS-CoV-2. Um, no, 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 we, no, we, we, no, don't. we don't, and, and we so, don't actually. So, so yeah. the, the lead author says, how do I handle this? Like, can I, can I just tell them that's a different paper? Like, yeah, like, yeah. like that's the, this paper is about foodborne pathogens, certainly a paper about SARS-CoV-2 transfer and cross-contamination, a review paper, by the way, is warranted. Also, there are no papers that would be, would make up that review currently, um, right. so, but, but yeah, so, so anyway, that was, yeah. Also, also, this is not a paper about flu. No, it's not about measles. Um, All it's not about climate change. Nope. Um, nope. you know, there's a lot that you could have put in the paper, but, but it has to be on a, a thing that has to be fairly narrowly. But I, I, I love the, I love the response. It's like, well, yes, we could include that, but there are no papers that we could talk about. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And also that would be a different empty, so we're not, we're empty not gonna paper. Even, we're not even, even put those sentences in there. Because they make no sense. They make no sense. <laughs> and and we reviewed the literature on SARS-CoV-2 in food settings. <laughs> that was it. That's yeah. that's the sentence. Yeah. Um, and there so, wasn't any. Yeah. And there wasn't any. Well, yeah. and I, I and often often I'm reading a paper and I'll come to a sentence in the paper and I'll think to myself, huh. That sentence does not really make any sense, <laughs> but I bet I know why it's there because it was easier just to put the sentence there to say See? to the reviewer, we put a sentence to say. We did it. We did it. Um, the the other the other best comment, which was handled um, really nicely, um, a, a reviewer brought forth a concern that the language of the paper could incite fear, since quote nothing is sterile and everything harbors microbes. And our response was, we thank the reviewer for this, but disagree that the review would incite fear. The language we <laughs> use clearly states and emphasizes the ability to harbor foodborne microbes, not all microbes. Well, and and honestly, if you are if you're afeared of germs, maybe stop reading the scientific literature. Don't I mean, review if that for this. Makes you, yeah, that makes you scared. Um, stop doing that, right? Unless it's your job, in which case you probably should should seek some professional help to work on that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So anyway, reviewers, you know the the process, and and you and I have talked a little bit about this in the past. The process is not great. It's not perfect, but it's certainly the best process we have to evaluate whether something's good science or not. And and we we you know, that that's why there's reviewers and that's why we have to respond to reviewers comments and we can agree or disagree with them. And what we're trying to do is take the, the general consensus of the view of this science, right? And so if you've got four reviews and three of them are good and one is way out, then maybe it's that one reviewer who missed things. Um, and, 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 and so, but that, you know, for, for folks who, and, and we know we have listeners to the show that are not in the scientific world that are, that are, you know, constantly writing these, these papers to put quote points on the board, uh, which is a joke to another project that I was on. Um, it, 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 it is, it does seem kind of crazy. Um, 
but but it's you know I don't know it's the best we've got right now. I don't. Well, it's, it's yeah. like democracy. It's the worst form of government, except all of those other forms that have been tried from time to time. Right, right. It's it's kind of where we are. Yeah, yeah. And, and we we keep looking at it, and 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 hopefully we we um get a you know continue to get a handle on predatory journals where there are no reviewers and you can just pay for a paper, um and and we get a handle on good you know good reviews in in science. So yeah. Um, Hey, so, uh, another, another little, little food safety tidbit. I sent you, sent you a link. Um, mm-hmm. there, there was a, this made some news, uh, last week. Um, uh, fresh express, uh, who's a, a company that, that makes, that makes food. Um, and yeah, makes, big, big company. We know people that work there. Yeah. They got a, they got a warning letter from FDA. Um, about and and it's kind of it's a really like I I, I want to highlight a couple of things on this because I think it's a really interesting letter, um and I don't know if you've had a chance to to look at this, um so nope. okay so, um so this is uh let me um okay uh, uh the the food the FDA inspected your bag salad operation um in Streamwood Illinois from June twenty fifth to July twenty third, that's a long time right so there were multiple times they were there. A lot. Yeah. And and the reason why they were there is that this was this facility was linked through traceback to a multi-state foodborne outbreak of cyclosporosis. Cyclosporiasis. Cyclosporiasis? Is that did I say that right? Cyclosporiasis. Cyclo Donna. Donna, read the words, I don't say the words. Is that a is that is that is that a thing? Um, you could say a cyclospora outbreak. A cyclo- Why don't you do that? Yeah, cyclospora outbreak. Um, and so this was a, we we did talk about this on the um, on the show multiple times. Uh, Seven hundred uh, as of and so it's it's kind of an ongoing outbreak because as of September twenty third, twenty twenty, there had been seven hundred and one people from fourteen states infected. Um, uh, the uh, based on epidemiological and traceback evidence, CDC and FDA determined that your bag solid mixes containing iceberg lettuce, carrots, and red cabbage manufactured at this facility were the source of this outbreak. Um, on June twentieth, we called bag salad. Blah 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 blah. And and so so here's the like that 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 we were here. You know, let me let me paraphrase. Let me explain this a little bit. We were here in June and July because of this outbreak. Also, just you know, sub note in two thousand and eighteen, you also had an outbreak associated with this um, with with this uh, facility that led to an additional five hundred eleven cases um, in fifteen states. So so th- so so. You know, I'm reading into this of FDA is a bit concerned. So here's what we're, we're giving you a letter, <laughs> right? Would yeah. that, would that, would that be, dude, dude, we have concerns, dude, we got concerns. Um, okay. So, so they talk about the, and, and so during our inspection of your facility, um, uh, well, so first of all, cyclospora is an adulterant. So don't put that in your food, right? Check number one. There's a paragraph on that. Um, according, accordingly, your recalled bag salads are also adulterated, um, un, under two different definitions. So double adulteration, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, doesn't matter how we define it, it. It meets the definition during our inspection. FDA also reviewed your compliance with current good manufacturing practice, hazard analysis, and risk-based preventive controls for human food rules. And 
in our inspectional observations, we um, we don't think you're doing what you, what what we would expect. Uh, so, in, and in fact, I'll I'll quote this: After reviewing your written response and considering the two outbreaks of cyclosporosis, spirosis. <laughs> Cyclosporiasis. Good. We'll, we'll get it. We'll yeah. keep, keep, keep trying. Keep trying. We'll get. We'll, we'll work with you. Yeah. Link to this facility. We have additional concerns as described in this letter. This letter is not intended to be all conclusive. All inclusive. It is not a. It is not a trip to uh, to a resort. Um, and uh, you should take prompt action. So 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 essentially, they they highlight. You are required to identify and implement preventive controls to provide assurances that any hazards requiring a preventive control will be significantly minimized or prevented and the food manufactured, processed, or packed held by your facility will not be adulterated under Section 402 of this Act. And this is the part that I really want to highlight because I think this is the one mm-hmm. that's going to give people a lot of heartburn. And I mm-hmm. think it's – this is – Don, in the word of – what you know, I've been listening on a lot of Zoom calls – um, I've been I've been using a lot of different terms that from the corporate world, and I see this dawn as a challenge. <laughs> is it going to be a big ask? <laughs> this is going to be a big ask, and it's a challenge. We I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to I'm I'm going to dare you, the the produce industry to 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 come up with a solution here. Further, because double dog dare you. I know I'm going to I'm going to double dog dare you, double secret probation dare. Um, because your f- man- facility manufactures fresh cut salads, which do not receive a kill step, i.e. a process that can be expected to be adequately reduced to reduce the presence of a pathogen in most cases, you must implement a supply chain preventive control, which will significantly minimize or prevent contamination with pathogens, including sp- cyclospora. Oh, and here's one that I won't be able to pronounce again. Chiatinensis. Chiatinensis. Your food safety plan dated January 17th identifies biological hazards such as human pathogens associated with raw produce, including parasites, as significant hazards. And it indicates these hazards, such as cyclospore and leafy greens, are, quote, best controlled at the grower level using good agricultural practices through your applied approved supplier program. You have written procedures that describe the approval of growers and harvesters such as rec- uh, record reviews, GFSI, third-party audits, and second-party audits, and periodic supplier questionnaires. And is, you know the second part here is that you have a blue-ribbon panel to better understand cyclospora. And as part of your response to the 2018 outbreak, you began pre-harvest testing of domestic and imported lots of romaine lettuce and butter lettuce of imported lots of iceberg for cyclospora. And you stated that this testing was not performed um, as part of your verification activities for control of hazard, the hazard of cyclospora, but rather to better un- understand the parasite and potential control mechanisms. We note that after you were notified of the 2020 outbreak, you began to pr- you you began pre-harvest testing of domestic iceberg lettuce. Oh, it's a lot. So so let me let me let me what I think say what this is saying, and where this sets a I think a bit of a precedent that I don't think we're ready for, Don. FDA is kind of saying, hey, you've had two outbreaks. You had one in 2018. You said you're going to put in a preventive control for cyclospora. You started testing, and then you didn't test for a while because your testing was not meant as a control. It was meant to understand what the mechanisms were. And then you had another outbreak. And we think you should have continued to, to test. 
And I, I, right. I, I that's what I, that's mm-hmm. how I read this. Right. Yep. Yep. We recommend you reanalyze your food safety plan. This is again from the letter to determine whether your preventive controls and grower harvester verification activities are adequate to ensure the control of cyclospora. And let's step out of this letter. Right. So, so I've been, um, I've been asked and, and friend of the show, my, Michelle Danilock is, is certainly very aware of this situation. We've had a few conversations about it. Um, and, and, and maybe she'll, I know she's banned from the show, but maybe we'll, we'll ask her to, well, she's been unbanned. She's, she's not listening, right? right. But she's been unbanned. I think she's self banning. Well, that's not my problem. Right. Then. Right. It's not right. my problem. She, she's unbanned. <clears throat> yes. She's unbanned. She, but, she, but I'm not, but we're not going to tell people what to do, Ben. We don't do that on the show. No, if it's, you know, if you, you, if it's not for you, you don't, it's not for you. No, it's for her. So, so one of the big problems we have with cyclospore, and we have talked a little bit about this is it, we don't have really good risk management controls available to us on the farm, right? Like, like we, we, uh, because of the way that like the, the parasite in the, the biology, of the parasite exists, um, chlorinating water is, is really not a, a, a realistic situation. It just doesn't have the, the, the effective risk reduction mechanism. So, so now we got to think about right. Other right. So, 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 just let's, let's take a minute yeah. and talk about so what chlorine does appear to be good at is preventing bacterial vegetative cells in a bunch of garbage that have um, E. coli. Uh, 0157H7 on the surface, and you put them into a dump. Uh, you'll get some kill of the E. coli on the leaves, but mostly that is there to prevent the the contamination from one leaf spreading to another. Right, where it gets tricky with Cyclospora is so Cyclospora is a parasite, right? Vegetative bacterial cell, and it has oocysts, and these oocysts are very resistant to chlorine. So. Rid of things, use filtration, right? Because you you physically remove those um, because the chlorine is just not very effective at, at killing these parasites. And so, um, is that what you're talking about? Or that's, you, yeah, just no. It, it, I'm, okay. Yeah, I mean that's exactly what it, what, what I'm talking about. It's it's sort of the it's it's a different type of organism, and because of that, the controls that we put in place for bacterial pathogens are not going to be as effective. Right. So, so we don't, we don't have like a really, and, and so uh, call friend, um, friend of ours, colleague, um, a, a former past president of IAFP, um, Callie Neal at, at Delaware is I, she has right now a project um, with the, the aforementioned um, uh, center for produce safety to investigate how to filter and other mechanisms for controlling cyclospora on farms, but we just don't have a lot of good, there's not a lot of good tools out there, right? So, so what FDA is kind of saying is, um, we, we rec and I'll read between the lines, right? Like we recognize that there aren't a lot of good tools cause they don't actually say that, but you started testing and then you stopped testing. And so maybe your only tool right now is testing. And, well, and and here's yeah. the thing. So testing testing is is not a tool that is going to assure safety. Exactly. But testing is a pretty good way to check whether the other tools that you think are controlling the problem are in fact controlling it, right? And so in other words, if, if you test, you might not find it. 
but you might find it. But if you if you do test and you do find it, that means all the other stuff that you you're doing because you think it's stopping it is not actually stopping it, right? And so you can't you can't make it safe by testing it, but you can sure as heck prove that it's unsafe by testing it, right? Yes. And I think and of course testing takes time and it takes money and there's implications, right? Because if you test and you do find it depending on where you tested now you've got to shut down your operation and you've got to clean it up and that's cost that's that's very costly but you know what having a recall is even more costly and so that i think what the fda is saying to the company is like look guys you you said you were doing this stuff to control it and and you and it didn't work right and so you've got to you've got to have like a belt and suspenders right and I, yeah i mean so and i I, I feel for the industry in this case, yeah. but I think it was a poor, and of course hindsight's twenty twenty is, but I think it was a poor decision to stop testing. Well, and and I I I get like this is this is where I I really feel for the industry on this. Like, and we don't want to be we're not we're not apologists for for this, but this is a really tough spot for both FDA who has to look at this and say we've got a whole we got a big cyclospora problem. What are we doing to fix it? We can't just kind of sit back and say there's no there's no way to do this. And for for Fresh Express explicitly, who's like, well, we were testing to better understand it, and and I, I want to highlight a, um, a a couple of sentences here. We note that after you were notified about the 2020 outbreak, you began pre-harvest testing of domestic iceberg lettuce and engaged in a limited amount of post-harvest cyclospora testing for red carrots and cabbage. Okay, good. So so we're we're back on the testing train. You provided FDA with your testing results that showed no detection of cyclospora in any of your samples. And, and this is the part that's tough, right? FDA goes on to say, however, human pathogens like cyclospora are not present in high numbers or homogeneously distributed, and it is not uncommon to see many negatives even when contamination has occurred. So essentially, they're getting kind of slapped here for saying, well, we didn't find much, so we stopped. And FDA said, yeah, but we don't expect you to find much. So, you, so maybe you should have kept going, right? Like that's, that's the, that's the, the crux to this conversation. And I don't know, I don't know what the answer is, right? Like on, on this. And I, I don't, I, I don't, I really don't. Um, the, but the next sentence, well, I, I would say, I would say, keep, keep testing, yeah. right. would be part of it. And I would say also, you know, one of the nice things, again, if they have a wash step where they're washing this stuff, right, you can, you can filter large volumes of water. And again, I'm not, a, I'm not a parasite expert and this would be a good question for Callie, but, but if I had a, that I was putting a produce in and I could filter large volumes of water, those, the, 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 what's retained on the filter, if I could test that for cyclospora, that would be what I would do. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. Because I need to get as good a signal as possible. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I would be very interested in talking with people in the company as to why they, they stopped testing. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. what was, what was the thought process there? And what, and, and it, and it could be like, and, and I mean, it could be exactly here where it's like, well, we looked and we looked and we looked and we did it for a year and a half and we didn't find it. So so we're, we seem, we but, feel like we're wasting money, right? Like that's their, well, yeah. The, and they right, weren't, and, right. and, and really like on this, they weren't looking at it as, and it says right here, this was not performed as part of your verification activities for the control of the hazard. So, so maybe that's the, like, that's the issue that, that FDA is, is focusing on here. It's, well, maybe it should have been right. Like that's not, you know, it just because you weren't finding it and you were trying to figure out the mechanism. And so you'd got, you felt you'd gathered enough data to stop looking for it. 
it, maybe it needs to be part of your verification activities. And well, and and, and yeah. the whole time they were testing it, they were also not finding, not having outbreaks, right? And so what you really, right. if you, right. if you really want to prove that testing is not effective, you need to keep testing and then be. So I think that the company would have a stronger standing if they had been testing all during the outbreak and still not found it, yeah. right? Yeah. In that case, FDA can say, well, okay, you've proved to us that that testing in the way that, and again, we critique the how did they do the testing and was it the best possible way, blah, 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 right? But but that they would at least have a little bit more ground to stand on if they have been testing during the outbreak and they have not found it, right? Yep, that's a really good point. I hadn't, like, I really hadn't thought about that, but but absolutely, they would have, if, if they said, okay, we're, we're gonna do this for for a while, right? And, and maybe that's what they did, but they, it just wasn't a long enough while. Um, right. yeah, well, but, and, and then the next, like the next part in this letter makes it so it's, it, it's tough too, because so, so, and this is where FDA certainly says, well, Hey, during the 2020 outbreak investigation, we did test some environmental samples on farms. Well, sorry, near farms detected the presence of cyclospora in the surface water of a canal near a farm suspected of being the source of the red cabbage in your bag salad mix. Two samples collected uh, to the north and south where the farm had accessed the canal water for seepage irrigation were found to be positive. So it's like, okay, but we got a test. We sampled it and we found it. Right. But they do go, and, and we have talked about this maybe six weeks ago when, when this information came out. So just to re reiterate this, and, and, and FDA does a good job in articulating this, um, given the emerging nature of genetic typing methodologies for this parasite, FDA has been able to determine conclusively if the cyclospora detected in the canal is the cause of this outbreak. However, we did find it in soil and water. Sorry. However, wa water and soil contaminated with fecal matter may act as a vehicle for transmission of uh, cyclospora um, catastrophe infections. So, so sorry. I, I, I hate the way FDA writes. Sometimes I understand why they write it that way. So, did they did they match the? Well, the, the strains are not, well, no. So what they're saying is, and this is, this is the, all the behind the scenes conversation that, that, you, that we've had around whole genome sequencing and the challenges around it. Right. So what they've said was it, we have not been able at, so, um, I'll, I'll read the exact. Oh, okay. Line. I, I, yeah. Sorry. I've got, I, I, I'm looking at it now yeah. in the thing. Okay. Given yeah. the emerging nature of genetic typing methodologies for this parasite. So, so basically I, uh, let, let me paraphrase this one. We think it's close, but there's certainly a challenge because this is new to us on what whole genome sequencing and how how different these genomes are from each other to say right. this one looks close, but maybe right. it's not close enough. And and we we you know, I, I, most um, and and let's let's connect or let let's uh, go back on uh, in history uh, a little bit on this. And I would point out the CRF frozen food. Listeria um, linked uh, outbreak um, as an example of this, where their whole genome sequencing certainly looked like it connected. Um, uh, the, the, and again, bacterial whole genome sequencing versus, versus parasite whole genome sequencing uh, certainly are it's it's a different level of complication. But but even there, it's like, well, how close is close enough to say that this is the source? Right. So. So anyway, like I, so one, one thing on this that I, that I want to, like, I really, what I take away from this is this, it, it's FDA's way of saying, if you're, 
if your products might have cyclospora associated with them, like if you if you've identified this as a hazard, you might want to look at testing product for cyclospora. Not not as a verification that there's no cyclospora there, but but if you're if you start doing it and you stop doing it, we're gonna ask why. And if you have an outbreak, it's it's gonna it, you're you're gonna get a letter like this saying what you know what are you gonna why why did you stop why did you start or vice versa and and this like to me this is a whole that that hasn't been played out in the coverage of this like the coverage has been Fresh Express got a warning letter right. Well, but the 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 nuance of the warning letter is real to me is really important, and and I'm guessing that's why our folks like friends of ours in the food industry are are really looking at this and saying this is a weird this is a a precedent this is what how are we going to manage this going forward and and I again I like I I I see I certainly see both sides of this conversation. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and I think this is also this kind of aggressive. Um, you could let's characterize it as aggressive or somewhat un, unprecedented action of FDA against Fresh Express. I think it's kind of a for those that think that the now fortunately ending uh, Trump administration has meant that uh, people have free reign to do what they want. Um, this is evidence against that, right? And oh, so yeah. whatever whatever changes that the the current occupant of the White House has been able to accomplish. Um, it hasn't penetrated down to the this level within the agency, at least if, if this letter is to be believed right now. Who knows? You could have made the case well, but there would have been 10 times more, you know, um, without Trump. But but I think it, it is an indication that our food safety system is is and 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 they were able to do this in the midst of a pandemic. Right. Right. So. Right. 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 I mean, well, I, I, you know, a lot props to our FDA colleagues. Yeah. Well, and so. And so you and I were on a, on, on a uh, panel, which I hope, hopefully I can post on, I've, I've got a video of this, but we did a, a food COVID net panel for the sustainable agricultural or no sustainable agriculture conference, which is run by the Carolina farm stewardship, um, association. Um, and, and, uh, Michelle, uh, Danilock, you, me, um, Byron Chavez and Chris Gunter and Chip Simmons. We, we all did this panel last, last Friday talking about, um, you know, our, our project, the technical aspect of SARS-CoV-2 in the food industry, all that stuff. And, and it's, I, I thought it was a really great panel, but we got a question that, that we, we, we didn't tackle that has to do with what you just said a little bit, which was how has, you know, has it, ha, we, it, it came from like a, 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 um, a buy, not a bias, a frame of certainly doing science around COVID-19 and the anti-mask, anti-vaccine science denial aspect of the Trump administration has made your project harder. And has and 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 ultimately has made food less safe, right? Like that's where I saw the frame of that 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 question coming from, and and I I I agree with your your comment here, Don, a hundred percent. A letter like this from FDA is not a letter that we would have seen four years ago, and it's not it's not the case of who administ what administration is in charge. It's how. FDA is progressing and and I you know aggressive more in depth engaging in in a harder conversation um around this like like almost like the and 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 you were you were around for this and I wasn't and I've only read the history books as it relates to this but but that that really monumental aspect of FSIS declaring 
E. coli 0157H7 as an adulterant for all of the hand-wringing back and forth, both in the regulatory world and the and the industry and the science world of how do we do this? There will be never, ne- we'll never get to zero. It really forced the industry to change. And letters like this, I'm, I gotta like, I, I, I have to guess and, and you'll probably say the same thing. These letters are getting, and that nuance that we just went through, that's getting the attention of all of the industry more than, and, and the industry trade associations more than just like, hey, um, you weren't following your food safety management plan, right? Like the, 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 the back and forth around testing here is certainly something that I, I'm sure that the industry is concerned about, but, it, but it's, it could be FDA's way of saying, you know, we're, we're not going to declare, um, you know, uh, cyclospora. Well, it is an adulterant, um, but we're not going to mm-hmm. say, um, you need to test for this and find zero of it, but you should probably test for it and find zero of it. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> right. Or if you're, if, yeah, again, or if you're not testing for it, why are you not testing? Or if you've started testing and you stop, let's, let's dig into that a little bit. Give us the good, really good reasons why you've decided to stop. Right. Yeah. This one, like reading this, this letter yesterday, it was, I don't know. It's one of those, like sometimes I, like I love reading these, these warning letters. Um, because there's, you know, we, we have great content, like, uh, someone petting their bearded dragon and not washing their hands <laughs> and then go into either peanuts or pistachios or something. Mm-hmm. Um, we, great, great content. But this one actually, I read it like this is there, there's something in here that, that kind of changes it, it's insight into what FDA is thinking and, and, and how that has changed over the last four years, 10 years, whatever. But it, but I agree with you. It's not, it is independent of the federal administration. It's a, it's just a different feel, um, leadership wise within FDA. And, and I mean, you, you and I, we've talked about Frank Giannis, um, on this podcast and other, other podcasts. And, and maybe this is part of Frank's stamp on the leadership there, um, as well. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good question. Yeah. And it's a, it's fascinating to look at this. Um, so, okay. So next thing, staying in the world of, of leafy greens, uh, Don, 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 we got a Michigan department of agriculture, um, is advising consumers not, this is from, uh, last week, um, uh, is advising consumers not to eat, uh, Tanamura and Antel brand romaine lettuce. Um, Don, do you know why that is? Um, maybe it. it's got pathogens. Yeah. And it's got, let me, let me, do you want to know what kind of pathogen it's got? Estec. Yeah. Estec. And guess what time of year it is? This is this is all. Uh, oh, is it this? Is it Aztec season? It's Aztec season. It's Salinas, California, Aztec season. Um, yeah. So it's not the Yuma Aztec season, which we have earlier in the year. This is the the Salinas Aztec season. So, Dom, what do you think? Are we are we up for a fourth year in a row of Aztec related uh, outbreaks linked to romaine lettuce right around Thanksgiving. I think this is Oof. the start of it. That's my guess. Oh man, sucks. Yeah. Sucks. 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 Gee whiz. So, yeah. um, so anyway, that was that, that was last week. Uh, uh, Tanner Merle and Ansel uh, TNA, as they're known, um, it, it announced a recall um, yesterday of a whole bunch of products. Um, implic- implicated romaine was packed on October 15th and 16th and is there, is there therefore no longer available to consumers. People should be checking their fridges though. And 
I wonder if we're in for some recall screep. Screep. That's a recall almost, creep. Yeah, recall creep. I almost said recall screech, which screech for for those of you who don't know, um, that is a uh, Newfoundland drink uh, from uh, you get uh, in in Newfoundland uh, when you, when you arrive there. It's uh, it's known as Newfie screech, which I think is some some white liquor. So I, we also don't want recall screech, you, or recall screep screep creep or screech. Recall Screech show title. Uh, um, so I don't know. I mean, this if if we look back at what what our Novembers have looked like the last three years, this is how it started last year too. wasn't wasn't this company, but we started to see some stuff. So I I don't know. I, I I'm a I am a creature of habit, and and I know that the last two years I did um, TV interviews on my front step on Thanksgiving Day about whether people should eat the very traditional Caesar salad <laughs> along with their Thanksgiving meal, which is is really good for coffee and lead, but I don't think is a traditional meal side uh, in in uh, an American Thanksgiving um, as it's known here in America. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know. What do you, what do you, oh, what do man. you think? What do we, what's, what's well, your, you know, what's what, your prediction here? What what I'm thinking is I'm, I'm really glad that right now in our fridge, we have some arugula and I'm wondering if I should tell my wife, let's not buy any romaine for a couple months. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, this is a, this is a small, um, uh, recall right now, right? Yep. Um, yep. Yep. it's a fairly small outbreak, right? I don't, uh, no, no outbreak. It was a test result. So oh, here, test here we go. I mean, this is this segues from our cyclospora testing. This is this now. This wasn't a test result internally. This is, I believe, it was a test result um, from. Let me go back to the original I Department was, of Ag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Recall, uh, yeah. R- routine uh, sampling from uh, Department of Ag. Yep. Yep. Which would, this is why we do it, and 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 yep. here like so another. Uh, Kudos to our departments of ag and health uh, that are out there in state states all throughout the U.S. who are in the midst of a pandemic, who are battling certainly dwindling funds and a very bleak outlook over the next year on on what what it's going to look like um, from uh, what's available um, to to do uh, public health protection and and that they're still out there protecting public health by doing routine sampling of, of products just to get a sense of, okay, what's out there? I, I, you know, yeah, yeah. and, and, and again, this is, uh, you know, we, we talked a long time ago about this, but, but an, a, a theme of, um, we, we used to have a national, uh, produce, no, not produce pathogen monitoring program that included a bunch of sampling that is no longer run. Um, but States have picked up the slack and they continue to do that. And I, I think we all appreciate that, except for, of course, the folks where they are linked to um, pathogens with their product. They probably don't appreciate it, uh, but I think the rest of us um, in, in general are, are due. Yep, yep. Yeah, that was the um, – what was that program? I think it was um, called Pathogen Monitoring Program. It was a very um, – I, I think it was a, a, a very um, – uh, creative name for it because the program. I don't know if you're aware of it, Don. They they monitored for pathogens. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah, and I think that that got that that yeah that 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 did not last uh, longer than it did. So yeah, yeah. There's I I will have to find. Um, oh, microbial data program. 
Ag marketing service. Yes, that was it. There's yeah. a na national foodborne pathogen modeling program that operated – pathogen monitoring program, which is something different and also part of USDA. Uh, pathogen monitoring program that operated from 2001 to 2012. Yep. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Um, so, yep, yep, yep. So, anyway, that's our uh, – um, yeah, that, that's that's where things are at. What else, what else, uh, what, what else we got? Well, so you you texted me about a listeria outbreak um, from 2016. Was that a yeah, accidental? No, text? no, that was not. So that was that was the CRF frozen food outbreak that yep. was linked. It, it, this one, if you read that 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 whole history of that recall, really uh -huh. interesting because whole genome sequencing linked oh, okay. products that were not sold by the distributor but were grown in the same place, and it kind of we we talked in a in a previous. Um, episode, which I don't know if we'll be able to find, but maybe we can find where we talked about CRF foods, frozen foods, about sort of the challenges in whole genome sequencing, where it's like, how close is close? So that was the the link to that outbreak. Got it. Yeah. And I think that's still being discussed, right? Like we, um, we'll, we'll call a friend, friend of the show, friend of ours, Martin, Martin Weedman, Weedman, uh, at, uh, Cornell university who, who does a lot of work in Listeria whole genome sequencing. And, um, and I know as you and I sit on the American frozen food Institute scientific advisory board, this is a conversation that we've had over the last few years, um, sort of the challenges in whole genome sequencing. Yeah. And we're getting there, right? Little by little, we are, we are definitely getting there. So, yep, yep, yep. Uh, what else, what else you want to, what else you want to talk about? What else, anything else, well, uh, food safety wise, uh, non food safety wise birthday? What'd you get any, any, did you buy yourself anything exciting for your birthday? Um, would no. you receive any gifts? No. So I, you know, we're, we're, we can, I give you a, a, a house update. Yeah, house so we're update. in the process yeah. of moving. Okay. And so because we're moving, I really don't want any stuff. So I convinced my lovely mother who always likes to buy me presents to get me some gift cards. So I got a, uh, in the, in the email today, I got a nice Amazon gift card and I got a, um, LL Bean gift card, which I will put to good use at some point in the future. Um, yeah. And now my wife's making me a flourless chocolate cake, Ooh. uh, as a after dinner treat. And uh, yeah, no. Other than that, um, it's just going to be a quiet day. Oh, I am. I am uh, actually. I do. I do need to get off here at some point because uh, I am at twelve o'clock today. I'm going to be speaking to uh, a bunch of uh, uh, scientists up at uh, Rutgers in Newark. Uh, my good. My good friend, uh, <laughs> who I have not met in real life, uh, Manny Goldman. Uh, oh yeah. His, his name is Emmanuel, but we're buddies, so I call him Manny. <laughs> Yep, um, yep. He invited me to come and speak uh, to his department. And so I'm going to do a Zoom talk on um, what has become my, my sort of my life in the pandemic, where I talk about social media. And then I talk about, you know, why why I'm doing social media on an airborne respiratory virus um, and what that has to do with food. And then I, I finish with a, a strong uh, plug for Food Covey Net and the work that we're going to be doing. So, oh, and the other thing that's that we're going to be doing this week, too, as you know, because we talked about this um, uh, earlier in the week, is I'm going to be meeting with my lab team on Friday to kind of divvy up. Figure out who's going to do what in terms of the the work that we're doing with uh, bacteriophage uh, phi six. So, got some preliminary data showing that um, it survives better at lower humidities, which we kind of expected. But uh, yeah, so we're we're up and up and running on the uh, the bacteriophage phi six as a potential SARS CoV two surrogate. So awesome. excited to to keep going with that. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, and uh, speaking of which, a good segue to something that I'll promote just to your um, department, I guess. I will be giving your oh, a, yes. a departmental seminar on Friday. Um, in in the I'm the uh, Rutgers University Food Science Seminar Speaker for this month. Um, and so. I wonder, I wonder, I think, I think I can, I can probably just put that link out on social media. I don't yeah. think that there's, I mean, I don't think there's any reason why other people can't come to this. It doesn't have to be just limited to the department. That might actually, that might actually be kind of interesting for, if we put that out there. Yeah, um, let's do it. <laughs> it might, it might blow up our zoom, but hey, screw it. Screw it. We'll blow up the zoom. That's the, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited for that, um, as well. Uh, and, and, you know, this is, it's, you know, it's a week of, you know, things that are, that are on my calendar. It's like learning more about HVAC systems and aerosolization. And, uh, I've got a conversation, um, uh, at noon today about air sampling, um, and what some people in the food manufacturing world are doing was as it relates to, um, our, uh, um, the SARS-CoV-2 SARS in those food settings. So, um, yeah, so lots, lots of excitement going on going on there. And, and Don, I, I just, you know, bef before we end, I want to, I want to say uh, a couple things. One, I've already mentioned happy birthday, but happy birthday again. This is a, we talked about this, I think in the after show. So if you don't, if people don't listen to after show, there's an after show. Um, mm -hmm. and that's, and that's all I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> but, but this is the third time that we've recorded on your birthday. Like this is a, it's, it's not wow. a, a quite an annual tra tradition, but we often, uh, record, um, uh, food safety talk on your birthday. And I appreciate that. I really <laughs> like, I, 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 th I like spending time with you on your birthday. So, so it's nice oh. that you share this time with me. So, so ha it, a, a lovely happy birthday to you. I'm happy to do it. You know, and what I think I'm going to do, Ben, I am going to put this on social media, but without the Zoom link. And I'll just say anybody who wants to come, just just let me know and I'll send you the Zoom link. Because I, I do I do think there I mean, I do think Zoom bombing is a thing and we don't want to have any Zoom bombing. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Good. Good call. No Zoom bombers. Um, although I, <laughs> I think I shared this with you in, in another Zoom conversation. Um, oh, yeah. When we did. Um, uh, we, we did, um, Veronica's class, uh, a couple of right. months ago. And right. she, she had said that she, that she was one of her classes were zoom, was zoom bombed. And I have a little bit of FOMO of not being zoom bombed. So not that I want people to do that for your departmental seminar now that I've put it out there in the internet, but I, you know, whatever I do is not nearly important enough to get zoom bombed. Um, uh, cool. I think that's a show. What do you think? Yeah. So let's just, so let's just say, did you give the time and date for, um, for the, the talk? I, I did not, but let's do it right now. And this, I will edit yeah, this. So it's, yeah. Um, yeah. Friday, November 13th at 3 PM Eastern. Uh, that's in the U S and Canada. <laughs> Correct. Eastern. I, I believe it. We're on Eastern standard time. Uh, now we're no longer on Eastern daylight time. So yeah, 3, 3 PM, uh, Eastern. And, uh, and I'll be talking about, um, I think my title is, uh, Food safety in COVID, everything has changed. Absolutely nothing has changed. Also nothing has changed. Yeah, also nothing yeah. has changed. Yeah. Uh, which I gave that title to Michelle Daniluk for something else, and she used it for a talk as well. I just love that. I, <laughs> I, I love that talk. Um, cool. All right. Well, uh, well, Dawn, um, I think that I think that's a show and, uh, it was, it was great catching up again. Um, and we didn't get to any feedback, but we'll do that in our next, in our next episode, uh, for sure. So thanks. Yes. Thanks, Dawn. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
Stanley appears to want in. And I think that, I don't know if you can hear him barking in the background. I can hear him. Yes. I think Danny is out. And I think both kids are in class. So I'm. Oh, do you need to go let him in? No, I'll just hang out here for. No, no, we'll schedule and it's fine. He's he, like, what? he's a dog. He can be, he's outside most of the time. <laughs> he just is like, he expects when he gets to the door to, he barks increasingly louder. Like he, he makes one bark. That's like, whoop, And then if no one comes, he gets louder and louder. So. He's oh, it's kind of like I. So I've started wearing my my watch for sleep tracking. Mm-hmm. It's like, do you have that? Do you have an yep. alarm where it, like it just gives a little? Yep. And then it's like, and then it's. I love. Yeah, I love <laughs> it's like, for, for real. Like, I love it. Get up so now. Cool. Get up now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Uh, so today's November tenth. Okay. So here's here's my thing. I'm trying to not do anything the week of Thanksgiving at all. But I would love to record another one of these before if if you're up for it. And so I could do – what is the 20th – I know Fridays aren't always ideal for you, but what does the 20th look like for you? Oh, uh, not – well, I could I could do it in the morning as yep. long as we were done by 12. Done. I, so I do so schedule for 9? Perfect. Yeah, thanks for – let me – I'm I'm gonna try and just watch Netflix for the whole week of Thanksgiving. So Netflix, 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 and chill. Netflix, Netflix, and chill. And yeah. Um, so if we can, yeah, if we can nail this that before then, I would I appreciate that. Um, whatever this is, two twenty. I think that's two twenty four. Um, cool. All right. So yeah. So the twentieth. Um. Cool. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to get this up. Like I'm going to edit this now. I've got, I've got a gap of like an hour. So I'm going to try and if you, if you are able to just throw the, um, throw the notes in, uh, and then I've I've got this, there was a little bit of audio fuzz and it was at a really inopportune time, but I think you, you restated some stuff, but it was at when we were talking about, um, why the like why chlorine and cyclospora don't mix from uh right. so right. it, it kind of sucked because but but i think it it was just it was just fuzzy it wasn't like we i missed okay. you so um but yeah I yeah and at some point my dogs were barking but that was after i remembered about the um muting not working so i just just hustled them out the door and and right. closed the door and and did mute because then it would just i'd have to anyway it was a mess so yeah no you're you're fine on that um Okay, cool. That is it. And then we're still on for risky or not tomorrow afternoon. Is that um, is that correct? We're looking at my calendar, and I know we're doing it. Uh, yes, okay. two o'clock. Two o'clock. Two yeah. to four. I have a social media panel that I'm doing at one, um, okay. and I should be like I can't see it. It's it's on Zoom. Like I can't see it going over to, but I might need to go to the bathroom and get a drink. So, but I don't okay. if it if it helps i don't have anything the rest of the afternoon after risky or not yeah unfortunately i do i okay. have a, a peace peace corps something something meeting um at four for okay. something about that our international dean wants to do uh, it's a lot of people there i can be late but i two which should be fine a, i mean i yeah. think we, with we've been doing less than two hours so. yeah, yeah 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 exactly but all i don't i it, it, it mine won't certainly won't go until 1 30 it might just be or 2 uh, 30 might be like 205 or something Okay. Cool. Sounds okay. Good. Awesome. All right. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Right. I just I just oh. tweeted about your seminar. So if you want to retweet oh, that, I will. Uh, go ahead, and I'll will I'll link to the tweet in show notes. Perfect. I am retweeting away.
Awesome. Cool. And someone else, Mr. Carruthers has already retweeted it. He, he, I, he just auto retweets me. Awesome. He's a, he's, he's a computer science guy. And I think he just made a little bot to retweet me. So it's like, okay, well, whatever. He's a, he's a science and computer science teacher at Lord Dorchester secondary school in London, Ontario, fellow Canadian. He he is shout out to Mr. Carruthers who you can easily find on Twitter because he retweets everything that I uh, say. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Exactly. (laughs) Perfect. All right. I will, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye.